You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. There are certain things that you're not supposed to carry on Yontif, certain things that shouldn't be in your hands on Yontif. That's the, the way the, the Shulchan Aruch puts the topic. Now, um, and we're going to be surprised by the very first thing. Now, this is based, as you can see, from a b'risa in the Sechtas Beitz of as I just pointed out here. It's from the Gemara itself. A blind person shouldn't go out into Rishus Harabin with his makel, with his stick that allows him seemingly to navigate through the street. Or a roeb bitarmilo. So this is something, you know, a tarmil. Not sure how it's translated in modern Hebrew. If it has a modern Hebrew translation, I'm not sure. But this is the type of thing that a a, a shepherd, a crook of a shepherd, so to speak, um, or the thing that he hangs his clothing on, and things like that. Things that he needs. So, or you know, and these are items that they have in their hand. They shouldn't be carrying them on Yontif. Now, you're going to ask me, well, the blind guy, how can you stop a blind person from walking in the street on Yontif? Even Rishul Sarabi. And the Mishnah makes things, in a sense, worse. If you take a look here, who Din Zoke, an older person who also is having problems. So the Mishnah Bura to the rescue. Let's take a look. In other words, if we're talking about somebody who really can't walk without the stick giving him support, then he is allowed to use it. Maybe that would be the same thing with a blind person. But if you take a look, the Mr. Burr then says, why is it Osir? Why does the Bryce say it's Osir? Because it's Derechol Vizil Zuliyomtev. In other words, he could walk without it. So it looks like the something that's done on a weekday. It's a very strange halacha for people today to look at it that way. That it looks like a weekday experience. It looks like you're going for a long trip to the market. I mean, why is it looking more like a weekday than anything else? Now, we have the Mishabru who tells us that it's impossible. But I would say for a blind person, it's not that it's impossible. It's just that he's scared. He's scared to walk in the street without it. So why should the Gemara really say that it's Osir? But, not, but it's Osir, why? Because you're going to Rishus Harabim or a Karmavis. Because it's a zelusaliyantif. Like, come on, this is yantif. You would think that this allows him to enjoy yantif. It's a very, in a way, it's somewhat of a strange halacha for us to to comprehend. Um, there is a note here that indicates that this is discussed by the authors of the. Uh, Trying to get the right page here. Um, and they say that um, the following. Uh, first of all, if the man really can't walk, he's so lame, he can't walk, 
So that's his foot. But we're not talking about that he's so lame he can't walk. We're talking about the person is, is has a fear. Um, and it seems like the Shulchan Aruch and the Postman do not give a header here, even though he's scared. And, and what would happen is, if he's walking with an Eruv, things might be different. It's only an Eastern Rosh Hashanah. Right? And you can see here um, what it's brought here um, about another halacha, about someone who walks with a stick because the prestigious way to walk. There are people, I'm sure, I you, I remember this, I mean, maybe Avrami, you don't, haven't seen this, but there were people who didn't really need a stick to walk. Sometimes you see it in old movies, but they walk with a stick anyway. So, there it's because it gives them honor. They feel honorable with it. Wearing the stick, is holding the stick is a badge of honor. But they walk with a walking stick. And, um, but again, that's only mutter betoch ha'eruf. One of the questions that comes up is, what about going out in a wheelchair in Rosh Hashanah? So, uh, Rav Nisim Karelich says that he would allow it. He would allow a wheelchair. Whereas he might not allow a blind person to go with a stick. Um, and, um, yeah, so the uh, the HaShulchan gives us a heter, finally. If you don't, if the person doesn't know where he's going, and this is referring to, let's find where this is a note, where it's referring to. Ain't no makir if he doesn't re- know where he's going at all, and he's going to fall out of fear because he's not sure where he is, and he might bump into something. Or Hashulchan says it's allowed. However, uh, Rabbi Neubert quotes the Meiri that the great Meiri, one of the Rishonim, was Mustapek Bezeh, since it's not mentioned in the Gemara. Um, He says, Halocha yesh rishol Um So again, the Kibbalevich would say, despite what Rabbi Neubert says, that especially if it's really is going to affect the person's keeping of, of Yontif and being part of the community, that he, we, this halacha does not apply, especially if he feels he's really going to fall without it. Um, I would add another hector that if the city has an Eruv, then it might not be considered a zilzul of Yontif. Uh, it doesn't look like a, a double mezulzul because that means that it's not a true, it's not a true rishus harabim. Adjust the mic here. Maybe it's better. I know that uh, we do have good uh, connection to the router, so I. I'm hoping that's okay. All right, great. Okay, so that is uh, the halacha of going out with with a stick. There's another halacha that we're going to see that's very, very relevant. Um, things that you might, in a sense, carry. Let's take a look. Um, and that you can see here 
Um, just to show you here a uh, uh, a suffix that Rishlomo Zalman had. How about if the older person, whoever it is, needs it only when he's going up a hill? But if it's flat, he doesn't need the stick. Rishlomo Zalman is mesupic, whether you're allowed to. Um, and therefore, if we're talking about in Rishos Harabim, it might be a question. Um, so that is something about how Homer and the post can take this. It seems sort of an antiquated halacha, but I'm not going to argue with, with, with Rishlomo Zalman. I do think, however, um, there would be a tzad to be mekel, like the Rosh for sure, if the person feels in a state that he is not able. Let's take a look at the next halacha in Shulchan Aruch. The next halacha is on page one. Ein Yotzin Bikisei. Now, this was the custom that you see uh, in in Oriental countries as well. You find something similar where people would, uh, like in or in the Orient, where there's big crowds, and the way you carry somebody is by having a chair, and the person is on top of the chair and is being carried by uh, either there are staves underneath the the place the person is sitting, and this is the way to transport. So this is also halacha because it looks like a zilzal. This is what you do at a big political event. This is what you do at a, at, at a big rally, which is something that's not done on a yontif. So you don't do that. It's like too it's too much of a trask, as we say in Yiddish. So ein yotzen isha. But Chazal gave a special heter, This is a Rabbanon. Rabbanon gave a special heter if it's a person the Rabbim needs. And there they can take them on their shoulders where each person sort of like puts his, stretches his hand out and holding it firm to the other guy and maybe they walk backwards. And they create this strong, uh, this strong misgeret that allows the person to be sitting on the chair on top of that. So then you're allowed to carry if the, if the person is an Odom Choshev. Um, what does that mean? A person who's an Odom Choshev. So. Mr. explains. Why did they put the person up on the chair? They would hold this fancy chair up because they didn't want people bumping into him. There were so many, there were so many people who maybe wanted a piece of him or maybe he would fall. But they definitely, it was so many people in the streets, they wanted Okay, thank you for telling me. I don't I don't see myself rubbing anything. I mean you can look at me. 
got the mic here, but let me try it again. Okay, now I, I put it on the other ear. Maybe it's not rubbing. Okay. So another reason why they would... Much Good. The other reason why they would you just have to put it on the right right ear. Another reason the way they would do it is because there's so many people in the street, there's so much dirt, keeping him above the fray is important. Um but Rabim Tsrichemlo, what is that? They need him to come to the base of Medrash. Why? Because he's the Darshan, you need to bring him. Um, and even though he's fine with walking, but we want to honor him. We want him to come to the Shir. It's part of the Kavadat Torah. Uh, and for sure, if he's a Talmud Chacham that isn't able to walk. So that's an example of a Rabim Sri And And I guess if, 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 the, if the governor needs to come and speak to us, if there's something very important for today, then you'd also be allowed to do it, even though it might not appear as the most yontiv type of thing. But you are allowed to do that. Now, um, this seems to be the um, question of taking children out in sort of a kisei, right? They have their own little chair, and you're pushing them. And that would be the question of taking out kids in a stroller. So... Here we see it's got to be Rabin Srikham, though. It's, uh, it shouldn't look like a, a whole type of situation. Actually, parenthetically, it could be in the week. It looks the weekday people take them in the car seats and take them in the car. It could be that's what it looks like a weekday today. But uh, the question still was brought up by the Chachmei Eretz Yisrael, whether you could push kids in strollers on Yontif, based on what we're reading here. The, despite the fact that, um, you know, there's an Eruv, because it's about, it looks like Uvdin Nechol. So the minig is that, to be Mako, everybody does it. But why? So there, there was Svaris that were brought to explain it. The the Dayan of Manchester, the Minchas Yitzchok, who later became the head of the Bedats in Yerushalayim, Rav Yitzchok Weiss, says... That people know when you're, in other words, where you see a person in this in, in this big chair, they might be walking ten miles with him to take him. Right, that's the way it was done in the Orient. But generally, when you see a child in the stroller, you're not going out for a long trip. It's a tiul, so that's not uvdin nechol. I have to tell you, Baruch Hashem, my grandkids came to me on the Antif, and they came from. Um, what's known here as the other side of town, um, a good 40-minute walk, I guess that's, I don't know if that's called a Mercha Godel or not, uh, for, for in, in people's minds. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm not sure if this Svara is that, is, is, is how powerful it is. Um, the Chazonish, by the way, felt that the people of his household, children and nephews and grandchildren, and they did have strollers even in the time of the Chazanish, he felt that they should not use strollers based on this halacha. Um, when they asked, the, the um, to, people were asking, why was the Chazanish so makbid? So his brother-in-law, Rab, uh, the stipler, and his nephew, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, he's the Gazun sign, 
says that the problem was Maris Ayin, because he was afraid, even though he could declare the Svara that this is different than the Din of Kisei, he still felt they shouldn't be doing it because people will see in the Karelitzes and the Kanyevskis and others that are pushing strollers, people aren't going to realize Shabbos is different than Yontif. And therefore, um, people might do it on, on Shabbos as well. And they don't realize that, that hey, if, if you could do it on Yontif, I could do, we could do it on Shabbos as well. And on Shabbos, there might be a problem especially if we're talking about a Rishos Harabim or something like that, or even if a Carmel is actually carrying the child. And um, so therefore, as a lay plug, that was the meaning of the Chazonish, not to. Um, however, his brother-in-law says that things have changed since the Chazonish in the, died in, ni- in 1955. Since his time, he believes that the Chazonish's worries and, and the, the stipler, of course, died in the 80s. Um, he felt that in the 25 years afterwards, that the community had become sophisticated enough that people realized that Shabbos is different. And therefore, um, he went against his brother-in-law and said, well, today things are different and there would not be a problem of taking kids out in strollers uh, on Yontif, uh, despite what it says here in the Shulchan Aruch. Avrami points out that he finds it strange that the, um, that the Chazanish is Chumra might be based on his own, uh, understanding of a new type of Marisayan. In other words, if it's, if it's a direct extension of this halacha, maybe you could disagree or disagree, but he feels that, um, to say that, that the Chazanish, you know, had his own, Humra based on Marasayan, that he feels that is strange. Again, I it, it's hard for me to interest. You know, look, nobody knew the Chazanish better than his family, and I assume that this was something that generated a lot of discussion. Think about it: the, take strollers away from kids, and you can see it's a whole different world. And here was the Chazanish saying, "No, we're not using strollers." I assume they asked him, and this is what he said. And you're right, Avrami, it probably takes a little more work to think about the Chaz, in general, what was the Chazanish's approach to halacha. I would say one other thing, Avrami, just before, you know, we turn it into a federal case, is that it was the people in his household that he was worried about. He didn't issue a public psaac about it, um, as you can see. Hikbid bebeso. So... And, and I think that this is something which many, there are many gedolim who have humras for themselves and don't necessarily say that's the way it should be for everyone. So I think that's, that's part of the way you have to understand it. A behema And here you have a nice picture that you can see right here. Here's a nice little calf that was just born. But now, Nebuch, something has happened. The mother does not want to nurse the baby. So, We are really worried about Tsar Balechayim. We're worried about the death of this animal. And Halacha dictates and directs us what can be done. 
one of the things you can do is to find the afterbirth of the baby and to soak it in water. And now you have water that has absorbed the smell and the aspect of the, the placenta. And then you pour it on the baby. And then the mother will smell the baby and start to nurse it. So you're allowed, which is probably um, a little bit of effort to find the afterbirth. And, and, and you might say, oh, is this what you do on a weekday? No, you, you are allowed uh, to do this um, because of Tsar Balichayim. And, and Tsar Balichayim is Doche Muktza. And that's why if you, and if you have to take a, an animal uh, you know, to the doctor, you're allowed to pick up the animal and take it to. If the if the animal was bizarre, you can be matir muktza for the sake of tsar balichayim. The other thing, by the way, you can do to help, and in, in the Shulchan Aruch uh, describes, is to get a whole bunch of salt. And this sounds very cruel, but you put the salt into the the um, rechem of the cow. And when you do that, the pain that the cow feels, some cow, this is what the farmers had figured out, replicates the pain of birth. <laughs> and therefore, the, the, the mother remembers she had a baby. And that could be the reason. Um, Now, these things you can do on Yontif, but not on Shabbos. Um, Now, clearly, as I said, it's Muktza. That water is definitely Muktza. You can't drink it, but you can move that water around to help the baby. Um, Shulchan Aruch tells us that even though we care about horses and other non-kosher animals, uh, it seems the farmers knew this didn't work. Kosher, a a tohar animal, and again, I'm not sure if this is correct. You might have to ask Marlon Perkins or people who are experts in in animals. Marlon Perkins, the only person who probably understands what I'm talking about is Mr. Sutker there, because remember, he was the mutual of Omaha guy. He knew all about animals. Anyway, the point is, is that there's a difference according to halacha between kosher and non-kosher animals. The kosher animals could return back. The mothers can resume the love and care for their baby, but that won't happen with the animals that aren't kosher. So, um, I guess with pigs or camels it doesn't occur um it's that was at least what people had observed in those times however if 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 that would be the case now pigs there's another problem with raising pigs but there's no problem with raising camels and other animals like that or horses so assuming that it turns out that modern science or modern animal investigation tells us that it works so it would seem halacha should allow these type of things in order for the bonding to occur and for the child not to, for the baby not to die.
a uh, hundred days ago, if we had been doing uh, Shulchan Aruch, we would have been talking about uh, a Bukhar Bezman Azeh. Um, a Bukhar Bezman Azeh, um, there's no Beis HaMikdash, you can't shecht a Bukhar, unless it has a Mum. Now, let's say now the Bukhar has a Mum. Um, so, you need to get a mumcha uh, to be matir. Now, let's say the mumcha tells you that I can see that you guys, whoever it was, the Kohen, whoever it was that has the Bukhar, um, has put his own fist into this animal. I can tell that this mum didn't occur on its own. So, you're not allowed, even though the mum is there, we do not allow that animal to be shechted. Let's say the guy says, I don't care, it's got a mum now, it's no longer a Kedushas Bechor, there is no Beis HaMikdash, but I'm going to go shecht this Bechor. So, Chazal say, it's like treif, rabbinically, and therefore it would be also to, to eat the meat of such an animal. So you have to, again, there's a lot here about following the Hadro. Uh, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.